0: Monday, March 6th, welcome to another episode of Let To Be Talk. Thank you for joining, hope you had a great weekend. It's finally not raining here for a couple hours, I feel like I live in Seattle. Los Angeles has just been a fucking flood fest, you need a goddamn boat to get around. But I'm not complaining, I'm alive and uh, kicking. Hope you guys are doing good. Here we are today, another drummer. And an old friend of mine, currently playing with Journey, Dean Castronovo. And you might know him from all of his incredible work over the years. Starting way back in 83, shrapnel recording artist, metal band Wild Dogs. And then uh, Hardline, Bad English. We talk a lot of Bad English. That was the uh, kind of super group with Neil, Jonathan Kane. And John Waite, Dean back there on the drums, did some time with Ozzy. Unbelievable. You guys living the dream. Then he hits a a kind of a crash and fall there. Bounces back, gets his uh, head together. All the ups and downs are discussed here. Pure, honest interview. Unbelievable friend. And I am just so happy that he is back in Journey, back there killing it, not only on the drums, but crushing the vocals. Just go watch some of the footage on YouTube of Journey Through Time or Journey. If you don't know what Journey Through Time was, it was uh, an incredible tour that Greg Raleigh, Neil Sean, and uh, Dean did where they celebrated the first four records Of Journey. If you don't know the early three records, uh, do yourself a favor and go dig into that. I had Greg Raleigh on last week, and who's just a a damn legend. And we talked all about that stuff. Many times, uh, Greg has been on. I interviewed Journey Through Time. So if you're looking for some of that, it's also in the Let There Be Talk library. It was great to talk to Dean. He's up in Montreal right now on a day off. in between the uh, dates on this journey, 50th anniversary arena tour, which is just incredible. Journey, 50 years. I was seven years old when they started. Just crazy. Just a Bay Area juggernaut. The Bay Area has just produced some of the greatest bands, man. Metallica. Journey, Huey Lewis, Exodus. I go all over the place. You know, Grateful Dead. I like it all, man. Just crazy. The track record, Night Ranger. And a lot of them have been guests on the podcast. I have been very lucky. And I was lucky to grow up in the Bay Area and hear and meet all these people at an early age. Which is, you know, unbelievable to be face-to-face and watch these guys Sometimes do surprise gigs at New George's or Uncle Charlie's or The Stone and be able to see just legends five feet away and learn the craft, as they say in the biz. But it is true. Uh, I definitely had a, uh, an incredible upbringing in and a wealth of unbelievable songwriting and musicianship. So, Dean, thank you so much for doing the show episode is brought to you by Migo's Dog. Dean and I both have French Bulldogs, and uh, we love our dogs. You want your dog to be around a long, long time. Do not feed them garbage food. Migo's Dog, made right here in Los Angeles, California. If you live in L.A., they will deliver to your house. Enjoy 50% off your first Auto subscription order and all future reoccurring orders enjoy our Happy Pup 10% loyalty discount. Migos Dog, Gertie absolutely loves it. She's back on the salmon now. My dog is eating the salmon. They have salmon, duck and uh, chicken. They got a puppy mix. Migosdog.com follow them on Instagram also. Clean, clean food, human grade. Uh, You can also get it at Air One or uh, Healthy Spot. MigosDog.com. Also, I was just up in the Bay Area. I paid a little visit to Standard & Strange and uh, got myself a new uh, Real McCoy's Letterman Varsity Jacket. And Standard & Strange just blows my mind, the selection they got in there of denim, boots, jackets... Everything in there. Look them up. StandardStrange.com. Tell them I sent you. Berkeley, New Mexico, and New York City. StandardStrange.com. Also follow them on Instagram. Ask for Jeremy or Neil. Tell them Dean Del Rey sent you. And I'm sure they're going to give you a nice little uh, discount there. Okay. Shows this week. I got four headlining shows. I'm headed out to Fort Collins, Colorado to one of my favorite clubs I've ever done, the Comedy Fort. I hope you can make it out there for shows. If you know anybody in the area, spread the word. Also, maybe tweet about it. Just say, hey, go see Dean Del Rey at Fort Collins, Colorado, the Comedy Fort. That's this Friday and Saturday, March 10th and 11th. And then uh, some bird dates, we're going to be out in Texas somewhere, just got that. Bill and I are going to go to the MotoGP, and we're going to do a show on the Friday night before that. So Texas bird date, and then a full week in Las Vegas, the Easter week at the Comedy Cellar. I'll be out there doing a residency. So some shows are on the calendar for 2023. Hope to see you guys out there. Go to my website, DeanDelRay.com, for tickets or brand new merch. I have restocked all the merchandise, so check that out. And if you want bonus episodes, my Patreon is alive and kicking. Patreon.com slash Delray. I Zoom with the Patreoners, and I do put up bonus episodes. And this week's bonus episode will be all about Gary Rosington. We lost... The last original member of Leonard Skinnerd yesterday, and I can't even tell you how brutal this is to me. Skinnerd has always been a huge band in my life. I absolutely love Leonard Skinnerd. I've talked about him a million times on the show. A few times with uh, Greg Dooley from the Afghan Wigs, who also loves Leonard Skinnerd. I talked extensively uh, about Leonard Skinnerd with marcus king marcus king played with uh skinner sat in and uh it's it's just unreal he's gone but it is unreal how great this man was i still think he's underrated the guy is a legend the songs he has wrote the leads he has played the rhythm the slide all of the guitar playing and, and only 71 years old, just sad and horrible, survived a horrible plane crash and still made it for another zillion years, outspreading the word, putting smiles on faces, playing all the great songs. My favorite, Give Me Back My Bullets, uh, Needle in the Damage, Don't Mess With the Needle and the Spoon, Needle in the Damage, Talk, I'm talking Neil Young when it's needle in the spoon, Neil Young needle in the damage, which by the way, I was thinking about it a couple days ago. There are a lot of songs about trains. Isn't that crazy? Sit down and just think about it. I was just, I, I talked about it on my bonus episode. What happened to the caboose? You remember the caboose at the end of the train? And then it got me thinking, holy shit, there's so many songs wrote about trains. Train, train, train kept a rolling, um, catch a train, just trains, man. Uh, it's, it's funny, I wonder if like, maybe even like 10 more years from now, people would be like, what are these trains they were singing about? Anyway, so, bonus episode will be coming up on Patreon, uh, a tribute to Gary Rosington. Long live the legend. Okay, uh, got some new Patreoners. Speaking of Patreon, I want to give them a shout out right now and a thank you for joining up and uh, supporting. We have uh, Eamon Connor, Javier Gago, David Lassiter, and Hugh Craig. Thank you, Patreoners. I love you, and uh, it, it, really, it really helps. All right, let's get into it right here. Another member of Journey is on the show. The drummer himself, candles are lit, Dean Castronovo. Oh, yeah, look who we got here. Dean Castronovo in the house.
1: Brother Dean, how you doing, bro? (laughs) Where are you at, Montreal? Yes, Montreal. got in, uh, uh, gosh, yesterday about... Two in the morning. So yeah, we uh got three days off, which is good. Need a few days off. <laughs> How many in a row do you guys usually do? You know, we've been fortunate. We do like maybe two, and then a, a day off, or one, and a couple of days off. It's pretty light schedule. But we're going all the way through. We're not going home. No breaks. We got three months solid. So we're just blazing through. Wow. Tour bus or planes? Planes, planes, trains, automobiles. But this time it's just planes. <laughs> Oh, my God. Is the crew on the plane also? No, nah, just the uh, crews are in the buses, um, and then um, all of us on a plane, we're cruising around. Is Neil and Jonathan on the plane? No, uh, John's, John's got his own plane, and Neil's got his own plane. <laughs> and I'm just stuck in the middle, man. I'm Switzerland, flying. <laughs>
0: I gotta tell you, man, uh that is uh that's a that has got to be a wild ride, man. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, you, know, you know, I love them both and, and they they got their differences, but they're my brothers, man. And you know, how brothers fight and they brothers have their, their things, and you know, I love them both. It's it's um Neil found me. John brought me back in. We up been, you know, Neil and John brought me back in with Arnell, and I'm just grateful to be here. So I just smile, man, kick ass and make sure that uh, The rhythm section's killing it. Me and Todd are killing it. As long as we're killing it, good to go.
0: That's amazing. You know, uh, I always tell people the band's been around 50 years, multiple members, of course, and everything. But you got to think, most marriages and people, they don't stay at jobs for more than 10 years. So you're going to definitely have some battles. Every band has them. And especially if you go 50 years.
1: I mean, are you kidding me? I know dude. I mean, you know, then, then that's exactly what it is. It's a brotherhood, man. I mean, you know, uh, brothers fight, you know, brothers don't shake hands, brothers got a hug. <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm not a lot of hugging, but you know what? I, it'll get worked out, you know. Like you said, Dean, we've been around 50 years, man. The band's been around a long time, and like you said, you know, light up changes and stuff like that, but you know, the music's bigger than this, you know, the music. Is much bigger than the squabbles that that the guys are having and stuff, and and we'll we'll get through it just like every other thing, you know. People just gotta humble themselves, do what we gotta do, and and realize that the fans love this music, and and it's worth sticking it out, uh, you know, for the fans and for for this legacy, man. You know, little stuff, okay. We got we got our issues. Let's push them aside. Let's do what we gotta do, man, because this music's awesome. Bottom line, I love this stuff. And so do millions of other people, man.
0: Let's go back to the beginning of, uh, I met you about 88, but your history is incredible. Uh, You know, playing with the wild dogs, signed to shrapnel, early 80s, 83, metal, that full metal thing. You're up there in Oregon. What gets you into metal? Uh, I'm sure it's KISS and all that, but is it like, that's right around the time Metallica's hitting also. So what was going on in your head? You get the drums, you're ready to play and you, you know, it's Kiss, it's Rush is, you know, it's all that. Give me, give me a rundown
1: on that. You know, for me, it was, like I said, Kiss was my Beatles. When I saw Kiss, that, that was it, you know, seven, eight years old. Just that was, I wanted to be in Kiss, you know, and and I started playing with guys that were like 24, 25 years old and, and and they were bringing me all this this great stuff, UFO and and uh, uh, scorpions with Uli playing guitar. Man, we you know heard the 70s stuff, you know, not not the blackout stuff. I'm talking way back, sales and Charon, and all those great songs. And um, you know and Then Metallica came out, and we, we heard Metallica was like, son of a gun, man. What the hell is this? You know, it was so cool. And I was in a progressive rock band before Wild Dogs, a band called The Enemy. And, and we had our own originals, but we sounded like rush, you know, and it was a, it was like rush with our own originals, you know, two great guitarists and, uh, you know, guitarist, bass player, myself. And, you know, uh, we were playing a club in Portland and Matt McCourt, lead singer for wild dogs, came to see me at a little club in, in Portland called Enios. And I guess he went back, he talked to me, he goes, Hey man, I've got this thing. We're going to be on the the KGON, uh, homegrown album, which is, you know, the, the big radio station, in Portland KGON. And, uh, they wanted uh, they wanted wild dogs, but they didn't have a drummer because Jamie St. James, who was the drummer, was now the lead singer for black and blue. So they're looking for a drummer. And um, I think it took a little convincing to to convince Jeff Horton and um uh, Danny Kurth, you know, like the kid's only 17, but he's pretty good. You want to check him out and I went and audition. I remember using Jamie's drums and I destroyed it. I felt so bad. Cause I hit hard, you know, I just, I just wrecked the thing. And you know, they're like, you need, you need to get him new heads and stuff. And I felt really bad. So got the audition and, and, and got the gig and we ended up doing the, the first record on Shrapnel, Mike Varney, man, you know, Mikey well, and, and he got us in there and, and uh, that was my first thing. I think the first record we did, I was 16 or 17, 16, I think. But we recorded it. And um, that was my first, Debut it was on Shrapnel with with Wild Dogs. What a great band Dogs was, man. Man, what a great, great outfit that band was. Really melodic. Not really, it wasn't the the thrash that, that I was listening to, like Slayer and, and Metallic and Exodus and stuff. It wasn't that. But it was still Hiller and Jeff's guitar playing was so different. He reminded me a lot of um Alex Van Hey, or um, Alex Lifeson. It was like Ross. He played really cool, different chords, and and it wasn't just the typical thing, you know? Like, dig, 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 you know, he had a lot of cool colors to his play. So that's kind of what it started, man. I went from from, from Wild Dogs to Mike Varney going, hey, you know, would you like to do some records? For Shrapnel, I was like yeah you know so you know for a hundred bucks we go in and do a record for a hundred dollars you know and you know the days bro i mean cliff was playing in your band right cliff Whitemore was playing guitar and he was mike's assistant and you were singing in ghost town it was like just that whole community in the san francisco area everybody playing and doing stuff and i just went to the the neoclassical way with tony and and marty friedman and jason becker and oh dude dream come true you know dream come true and here i am (laughs) Were you doing all the records
0: uh at uh, was Wild Dogs done at Prairie Sun? I know cacophony and all that, but
1: was that also done there? All of it was done at Prairie Sun. Muka, Muka Renick, man, Mark Mucha Rennick and Steve Boom Fontano and yeah. yeah, dude. We did all those records there. I remember one time I did I actually did three records in one day. I did um <laughs> for six hundred bucks, bro. Six hundred dollars. That was a lot of money back then, dude. So I did um I tell me Calpine's premonition. Um, Rush tribute and Deep Purple tribute all in one day. Oh my god, it was great because I knew all this stuff. I just go in, just do it, do it it, next. Okay, next. So cool, Dean. So cool. So cool. We
0: kind of come into contact and we meet each other, and then you get my band on the opening spot at the Warfield uh, for bad English. And it's so wild to think about that. Was our first theater gig you know it was like a huge deal i recently uh you know years back here did comedy in the warfield and i was like god it's so small but when you're a kid it was the crown jewel of sam fran man you were playing the warfield i saw motley crew here on the shout at the devil
1: i you know i remember it was um actually jonathan's wife liz's sister um god i gotta remember her name oh, I'm amy she was a huge Ghost Town fan and I knew Cliff and we heard that the, the, the demos like, dude, that's so why I, I mean, made sure it's like, we got to get these guys to open up and Liz and, and Amy were pushing for it. So we got you guys on. It was so awesome. You guys kicked ass that night too. It was awesome to see it. It was like guns and roses, man. Just freaking bad. You guys are badass. It was killer. And a good combination too. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't the pop thing that we were doing the pop, bluesy thing you guys are the you know like the bay area's guns and it was killer killer (laughs) (laughs) what a night man that 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 band, bad
0: english you gotta think about it you know john waite neil you jonathan kane you know It's, it's so wild to think about you know, like here you could just see the DNA of these guys' incredible songwriting. You go from Journey and you know, John from the babies, and you put it together. And and usually those don't work, those quote unquote supergroups, but bam, the
1: songwriting was crushing. Yeah, dude. You know, when 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 Neil got me into the, involved in that, it was I mean it was a dream come true. You know, a lot of people don't know the story about that. It's pretty funny because I went down, there was a bunch of guys that already auditioned there, like. 30 guys that had already auditioned and Neil had found me with Tony and he told the guys, look, I'm, I'm coming down. I'll come down and play with you guys. I was going to do a solo record, but I won't come down unless I can bring this drummer down. And that was me. And, And I went down and I rehearsed with them for about, I think it was three days, bro. And they still wouldn't tell me if I had the gig or not. They would not tell me. He's like, well, we're not sure. John wasn't sure. I came from a thrash background, a heavy background, you know, really heavy. And, my time was all over the map, man. I didn't know how to play a, a pop song. I mean, I knew. I, I I thought I knew how to play, but there were so many nuances to a pop song and pop drumming that I didn't. I had no clue about. So I think it was the third or fourth day, and they hadn't told me, and it was eating my lunch, bro. I was just like nervous every day, and I, just, and I went to Neil, and I went to the guys and go, you know what, guys? I don't think I'm the guy. And they were, I'm, I'm telling you, God is my witness. They all were looking at me like, you're joking, right? sure you want to go i said I, I just don't think i'm the guy i mean i've been here for four days i don't know and it's eating my lunch it's i mean my stomach was in a knot and i said i think maybe it's just calm and neil kept looking at me going you're fucking up dino you're fucking up and i was like guys you don't know and, and i'm sitting here and i remember liz john's wife kept saying you got the job you got the gig just be patient and i was like but why haven't they told me just be patient i was so new dude i fly home I do. I fly home and Neil's like, you're the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. You're so stupid. I went, I went home and and uh, Neil called me after a couple of days, said yeah, man, it's not happening. We tried a bunch of other drummers out, it's not happening. And I said, Okay, okay, man, just just let me know. You know, it, it happened like that three different times. And finally, John called. Kane he goes, Okay, you got the gig on one condition. Go get a Dr. Beat. You know, the thing goes and sleep with that thing. Live with that thing all day long. Play to that thing all day long. That's your best friend now. And it worked. I, I my God, I would plug in. I'd be playing just straight time, just getting feels. He goes, go pick up um, Brian Adams. Go pick up, um, uh, you know, uh, anything Holland knows with Mickey Curry. Uh, uh The cult he goes, go get those records. Listen to those drummers. Listen to their feel. Listen to their lope. The lope, you know, all these things. I'm like, what the hell's a lope? Antelope? I'm in Oregon. It's an antelope. I don't know what, what a lope is, but I got it, bro. I was like a sponge, and I just sucked it up. And I went down and and, and played with the guys. We went into a demo studio in Alabasas with Richie Zito and Phil Caffel and the band. And we, we demoed up four songs. And that thing, I was glued to the click, man. I mean, that became my best friend. I, and still to this day, I love playing to the click. Because it's it's a tool now. It's not like it doesn't dictate to me. I know how to play behind it, in front of it, on set. Put the bass drum on it, pull the the snare back. All these things I never knew playing metal. Because you didn't. It was like whoever got to the end of the song first won. Metal. You know what I mean. And I always won.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Hello Fresh. What is Hello Fresh? Hello Fresh is farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip. Trips to the grocery store, my friends, and count on HelloFresh to make some cooking easy, fun, and affordable. The number one meal kit of America. March is National Nutrition Month, and HelloFresh makes it easy to choose delicious, dietitian-approved meals. Simply look for the dietitian win tag on their menu choices for meals under 700 calories and with one-third less sodium. Perfect for me, man. I'm. I'm always trying to cut out sodium. You don't want sodium. You don't want a lot of sugar. HelloFresh has got you set up. With the cost of groceries going up, now is the perfect time to get started with HelloFresh. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. Here's how you do this right now. Get a super deal. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Delray60 And use the code DELRAY60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash DELRAY60. Use the code DELRAY60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Come on. I'm telling you, I've been eating this stuff over the last two months. I feel great instantly keeping the uh, lean machine going. I'm telling you, do not miss out on the HelloFresh deal, DelRaisers. It would be insane not to take this offer. And it helps the show. It helps your health. It helps your wallet. HelloFresh.com slash DelRay60. That's six zero, the number six zero. And use the code DelRay60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh. All right. Where did you guys do that Bad English record?
1: We did it at 101 Studios on, um, on is it Lancashire and Magnolia? You know, right, right in, the, in LA. And we went in and did that. was my first big studio. Dude, what a place. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's where Metallica did uh, the Black album. You know what's cool, dude? We went in, after we had done our record, we went in to do something. I do know we are hearing mixes. And in one of the rooms, there were tapes, like pieces of tape, you know? The, the big tapes all over the studio, and like again, new. I go, What is all that? And Mike Tachi, who was the engineer on that record, they were engineered ours with Phil, said, Well, that's those are Lars's, um, his um, drum edits. I'm like, Man, they spiced stuff. Through. I had no idea that you could even do that back then. I had no clue, but man, that black album was being done right there. And I walked in, and went, Holy crap, Lars's drum stuff is right here. I'm freaking out. I wanted to touch it. It's like, oh, It's Lars, man. You know. <laughs> A pretty, pretty cool story, man. Pretty cool. It's
0: it's amazing the um, the you know the combination of you and Neil all these years. You know, it's really wild that you've been playing
1: with Neil on and off for what thirty years or something. Nineteen eighty eight, bro. From from eighty eight till now. I mean, on and off. I, I had those those two and a half years with Ozzy. And then I spent a year, made two years in Italy with an artist named Vasco Rossi, who's like the Springsteen of Italy. He's major over there. You know, The stadiums, three nights in a row, San Siro, You know, sold out every night. But yeah, dude, he went, I went from bad English to hardline. And right in the middle of hardline, after the first hardline record, he took me to do, uh, replace Richie Hayward in Paul Rogers' band. Then Paul Rogers, um, after the Paul Rogers thing, I, I got the Ozzy, the call to do Oz. And we did Ozzy for for those two years and, and and then Bosco right after that. And then did a bunch of studio stuff with Michael Beinhorn, you know, producer Michael, a genius Michael, amazing producer, you know, Soundgarden. And I did Hole with them, and 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 Social Distortion, a band called Foam. You know, I, I was really tight with Michael. He kept me working, kept me busy. And then Neil called 90 or yeah, yeah 98 and said, Hey, we're doing journey without Smith and without Perry. Are you in? And Michael. God yeah, but who's singing, you know? And then they, you know, of course, T by Jerry came in, and and uh, the rest is history. Now, at what point,
0: you know, because I had no idea that you sing, and so I go to Journey Through Time sound check, and I'm sitting on the stage next to the uh the legend Craig Raleigh, and you start fi- you guys do the infinity stuff, and I'm like. I started looking around like, hey, what the fuck? Dean is singing that. How, at what point did you start singing in your career and did you realize that you could do the
1: Steve Perry stuff? Well, you know, dude, when I was 11, uh, you know, I, and a lot of, I do this, I say this in a lot of interviews. When I was 11, I was playing with guys 24 and they brought, they literally brought the Infinity, the actual 33 to third, the vinyl. I didn't have the cover. They said, here's the vinyl, here, learn La day." So I learned I thought it was a girl singing I did I'm young to 11 years old I had no idea and um, I learned the song and then they're like well you know you try and sing it because I I could. I was young I hadn't hit puberty yet i was 11 so I was hitting these notes and that's when I mean Perry was my vocal guy I mean I from then on I was like Steve Perry is the best singer on the planet it was him Paul Stanley and Ronnie Dio those were my three like favorite singers of all time man Definitely Steve Perry. I mean, first it was Paul Stanley, of course. And then Perry and then Ronnie Dio. Just what a what a voice. So that's where I learned to, to sing the journey stuff was I love Journey. Even though I was in a metal band and Wild Dogs was metal, they would always ask us in interviews, well, what do you listen to? What's your guilty pleasure? And me and the guitarist always say like, journey. And they're like, turn the, the thing off. You can't say journey. You know, they turn the, the literally turn off the tape i like, man, if you don't, if you're not a musician, you don't get it if you know because journey the, the players are perfect in that band there's not one guy in that band that sucks bottom line you know so we would always say journey so journey was always huge for me a huge influence steve smith when i heard dude when i heard the captured so i heard him on all the records and stuff departure and and stuff like that i heard him on all those records but when the captured drum solo came out and i heard that dean i mean it was like what in the hell this guy kicks ass he was amazing. I mean, I'd never heard that kind of playing. I'd Bozio, you know, and, and Neil Peart, but Smith, man, having the groove that he had, but still, the, when he did his solo, man, I was like, man, I got to learn that stuff. So I was taking all of his stuff back then, dude, and, and playing his, trying to do his lick in metal bands, in, like at warp speed, you know, the, the drum lick on where, you know, the ticket ticket ticket, Speed it up! <laughs> Nobody did that. So I was taking Smith stuff and putting it in metal songs. So that and that's kind of where I got that that thing. You know, so journey was huge, and for me to sing the stuff, it was that came by happenstance, man. That was something. You know, Steve was having issues with his voice. Steve I Jerry in two thousand six, and uh, we were doing it. We were opening for Def Leppard, and um, it was like, um, his voice is kind of toasted right now. And you sing the the hit. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You know, okay. Yeah. uh, You know, behind the kit, I'll try. And they said, we don't have the mic for that yet. I mean, your background mic, it's not going to be clear enough. It's going to sound like hell. You're going to have to come up front. One time, I did it one scene, and that was enough. (laughs) I remember lifting my hands on open arm, my arm. Like, so now I come like, and it was shaking. like, yeah, no, that is not going to happen. First time or last time I ever did that with Journey. I it scared the hell out of me, dude. Scared the hell out of me. I will never do that again. But that was it. I got thrown into it. Then it was like, well, do mother father. So I started doing songs that that were t-shirt songs or bathroom songs. You know, somebody would give Steve a break and, and people go buy a t-shirt and stuff, and, and I would do the, my little song, you know, one or two. That was it. And
0: so did you start to take some lessons for longevity and warming up
1: and all that? How did that come about? Or you just go for it? I just go for it, too. For me, it's like um, now, especially, I mean, but when I was in the band, you know, with, with Arnell and, and Steve Jerry and everything, the, the first six or seven songs, I would just be singing backgrounds because that was my warm-up. I'd be playing and singing. Everything warms up up here when you're playing, right? And you're singing. So I got all the blood and everything running right in this area here anyway. So by the third or fourth song, my voice is warmed up, singing all the high backgrounds. So when it was time to sing the lead part for like Mother Father, I was six, seven songs into the set, I was like, Boom, it was wide open, it was effortless, and I was able to do it. Now, I could never do, never do what Arnell does, never do what Steve Ageri did, never do what Steve Perry did. I'm I'm not tested in that. The journey through time thing, it worked because we did a show and then we had like a week off. <laughs> and then we did a show and had a week off. So I had time to heal. I've never done like four shows in a row back-to-back back like how Arnell does and how Steve did back in the day. I don't know if I could. I, I It's never been tried. And with Journey Through Time, we did, I think we did 24, 25 songs. And I was singing lead on all that stuff and playing drums. So um, I got through it. But it, boy, the next day, I could tell. it was never the three-hour show. So I'm like, eh, you know, and I'm smoking, too. So that's not even, it's like, hello, maybe I should quit smoking. You know, I still haven't done that. But I don't know if I could do that. But that's that's kind of how it started, was, was when Stevie lost his voice on the Deaf Leppard Tour. So, you know, it was... Um, I was him and here I am today.
0: Now you were rocking with Journey for years, and then you had a uh, a little spin-out on drugs. Were you on drugs for a long time, or did you just
1: start partying out of nowhere? You know, dude, I, I was completely clean all up until Ozzy. I hadn't touched anything, man. I I mean I was a little Christian kid, so I didn't, I wasn't drinking, it wasn't partying. And when I got fired from Ozzy, dude, I went into a tailspin. I was so devastated by it. I mean, it it really messed with me. And I thought that was it. I mean, I was in Aussie. I'd reached the pinnacle, right? I got fired from Aussie and I thought, well, okay, I'm done. And I remember telling my wife at the time, saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm done what I can do. I've, I've done it. I'm out. You know? And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. People, are like, You don't see the big picture. But I started smoking weed. And then we went to freaking blow. And then, um, yeah, I just on and off it was on and off doing the stuff and then you know cleaning up for a year and then doing drugs again and cleaning up for six months and it, it became a functioning addict dude, where i would use uh i would use until about a month before i'd have to go on the road with with journey and then clean up get myself together go on the road nothing on the road man i made damn sure until i got to europe there was one time when i drank way too much uh before a show one night and the next morning i was in the hospital i almost like alcohol poisoning and so that was my second first stint into rehab you know so i had five stints in rehab i was you know on and off and on and off and um yeah this last spin out that scared me straight i mean I, i mean all hell broke loose yeah it was bad bro it was bad but you know uh it probably was the best thing that ever i mean i wouldn't be alive had that not happened i i was i was on the brink dude i was on the brink i was 160 pounds when i entered rehab i was a mess you know 26 day meth run and i don't remember 90 percent of what happened it was i was in a cloud bro and i gotta thank you know Deidre, you know my girl that went through all that freaking hell with me and she stayed she's like you know this is not him. she knew me dude we were young I've known her since she was 14. I was 19. Our families knew each other. We grew up in the same town together. We knew each other. It's like, this is not him. This is not him. This is him on drugs. This is not who he is. You know, and um, I spent 15 days in jail. And um, they got me out, put me into treatment for 90 days. And It was, it was, I didn't want to leave, bro. It was so safe. And so I felt like, God, I'm alive again. But then I got to come out and I've got to deal with the world. You know, and all the the, the stuff that had happened and, and I didn't want to. You know, it'd have been easier for me to go out and numb again and just go screw it, man. I don't want to know, check out, maybe I'll overdose, hopefully. But you know, God gave me that power and I and I dusted myself off as hard as it was, and I had good people behind me. You know, my ex-wife Shelly, um, my other ex-wife, Juliet, two, two two ex-wives, <laughs> grand still very close with them, Didi, her family, my kids. You know, Doug and Jack, you know, they stood by me when nobody else wanted to give me the time of day. They were like, you know what? He screwed up. People screw up. You know, got him some slack. It was horrible. It was heinous. But God, you know, if anybody should have quit and said, screw you, it was Deidre. But she knew. It's like that. God, he's look when I'm, you know, they say instant asshole, just that alcohol, instant douchebag, just that drugs. I mean, that's, you know, it's not an excuse, but it was a factor. (laughs) You know what I mean? No excuse for what I did. I was a nightmare. I was a mess. Um, but I, I, I'm I, glad that I had people that knew who I was. and knew that wasn't me, man. I mean, I don't know what how other people would react on 26 days on methamphetamine. That's how I reacted. It was horrible. It was horrible.
0: I, I did seven days and it was absolutely fucking insanity. I can't even imagine. Because the human mind without sleep, it is so fucking crazy what happens to your brain. You're just like... I remember I was in the back of a pickup truck going to the Russian river to like go swimming. And I I swore I fell out of the truck. I was like, oh. oh. And, and you know, I was, you know, seven-day runner, man, but 26
1: days. No, yeah, dude. It was like I maybe slept six. If you put all the days together, there was probably like was maybe I don't know, 20, 24, 36, whatever hours where I slept. I was seeing stuff in the floors. I actually thought that Deidre would be writing in my hardwood floors while I'm partying. I know I'd come back in another room and there was, I could see sentences in, in the, in the floors, bro. I, I would look at my video cameras and I could see like the, the trash cans turned into animated creatures. It was, man, it was horrendous. It was freaking bad, 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 bad. And um, I
0: mean, oh, dude. Once you get cleaned up, you're just chilling. Steve Smith is back in Journey, and they're doing that run. And then, of course, the uh, fallout happens again. And did they audition anybody else, or does Neil just call you and say, hey, dude, are you good? Let's do this again. How's it happen? Well,
1: you know what? What happened was – Nilly called me. goes, "What are you doing, bro?" And this is when I was working with Jason, Chef, and and Jay Demarcus, Generation Radio. We were putting a, a record together, like a country rock thing, and things were going smooth and there was good. And I said, "Well, I'm doing this thing with with uh, Jay and Jason." He goes, "Oh, you know, well, that's great, man. It's good to hear you working." And I said, "So, what's going to happen with with you and Smith and, and, and everything?" Goes, "Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna go in a different direction." You know, I, I talked to to John, and John just wasn't sure that if he wanted to bring you back at that time or not at that point and um i said dude i understand completely he goes he just wants to move forward i said dude i'm all god bless you guys man and they got narda narda was playing (laughs) who's narda michael walton He said, god you know i was like well you picked a monster and uh so they started with with narda and i think they had about a year to get the songs together and they started rehearsing and stuff and and uh, Narda was having issues like remembering everything. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what was happening, but he was—he he just couldn't, like, there's a lot of songs, man. There's a lot of stuff. And I think I think Narder approached it more like a jazz fusion guy, like, I'm just going to win and play, you know? Not realizing, I, I think he didn't realize, maybe he did, I don't know. I don't know the whole story, but it was, I, he wasn't doing the songs like they, they need to be done. You know, there's certain breaks and there's certain things and certain signature licks that Smith did that needed to be there. And, and I Neil was saying he's just he's not catching it for some reason, and I'm like, well, and they, so this is basically what happened. My mother had passed away uh, July 19th of 2021, bro. And uh, that next morning, I was up pretty much all night, you know, just heartbroken and crying, and couldn't sleep. Wake up, seeing mom, and and I get a text. I go to to the bathroom and I see a text. at seven in the morning. That's my time, seven a.m. Uh, he was in, he was in Chicago. He goes, Dino, what are you doing? He goes, um, Nard is having issues. Can you come out, um, and help him? We got two shows. We got a show at the Agora ballroom in Chicago. And then we got Lollapalooza. Can you help him come out and just teach him, you know, just kind of show him the songs. And I said, well, you know, obviously I was like, bro, um, mama died last night, you know? And he said, oh, you know, of course, I said, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I was in a day. And I was just like, you know, did mom have something to do with this? I mean, my God, she goes home and goes to be with God. And, and, I get a call and, um, let's just give me a day, bro. Just give me a day and, and, and we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll try and get out there. I'll get, I'll get out there. I'll help you guys out. So I go down, go down there and, and there's two drum sets. And of course I walk in and everybody's crying, man. I'm crying. The town crier. It just like, oh my God, I, I never thought in a million years I'd even be in the same room with you guys again, let alone doing a couple of shows and, and helping out, you know, just thank you for allowing me to come back in. And, um, John Kane, you know, Neil had to convince John's like, you know what, bro? I know he had his past and his stuff, but we don't really have much, many options here. You know, we, we got to do these shows and, and Dean knows the stuff. So, um, you know, John, thank God he and Arnell, uh, you know, with Neil's talking to him said, yeah, okay, let's, let's see how it goes. And, uh, I, had worked with, with, um, Narda like probably eight days, you know, just helping him get in. And he was still having some issues, you know, but, but Neil decided, well, you know what, let's just do two drummers. Let's see what that's like. And I was like, that would be pretty bad. You got the monster drummer, you know, Narda, who's the fused king. And then you got me, and it's just, you know, I'll just keep the groove and let him go. You know, I'll do the songs like the record and let Narda just do his thing, man. And, um, it worked, uh, um, uh, the two shows thank God it worked really good and, and everybody seemed to like it. And um, it started going good. I mean, I thought, we thought this is going to be cool. We had to figure out, well, Dean's on an electronic drum set, which I hated. You know, I'm not a big electronic drum set fan, as it is. So for me, it was like, I want a real drum kit. I want a real drum set. But, you know, it was like, well, actually, it worked because with my, the way the B the drums are set up is very tight, very precise. And I was just locked to the click. It was like, you know, Dean playing a loop of the songs, you know? I knew all the licks, all the beats, and Nardic and could just kind of freely flow with this stuff. And, um, it, it worked out good for a while, and then I think Neil just decided. Well, you know what? They just decided to go with make it five piece, and I think Narda, you know, since he produced the record with Randy Jackson and Neil and them, that he thought, well, maybe it's you know, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to be with my family, do some stuff with Jeff Beck. He was doing things with Jeff Beck, had you other know, things to do, and so he decided to to, to back out. and And I, I I I remember finding out, dude, I didn't even know, but Neil told me. Well, Neil didn't tell me. I had been rehearsals three days. And Neil, you know, you know, said, oh, it sounds great. It sounds great, Dino. So glad you're here. I wake up one morning. It was on a Wednesday. I got in on a Sunday. So Wednesday, I wake up in the morning, and I my texts are blowing up. I'm like, you know, so I'm looking there. Congratulations, you know, to get the journey. Thanks. Well, it's only for a couple of shows, you guys. It's just nobody. You know, I'm just helping out. And no, dude, have you looked at Ultimate Classic Rock? And, 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 uh. Uh, blabber mouth. I'm like, no, I just woke up, and there it was. Uh, Neil confirms that Dean is back in the band, so I found out after everybody else knew. So I had to call Neil and go, Dude, is this for real? He goes, Yeah, man, for real. I said, Well, gee, thanks for telling me, thanks for letting me know. Wow, <laughs> and here wow. we are. Yeah, they're doing pretty amazing. It was pretty It's like, Mama, thank you, Jesus, thank you. Oh my god, you know, I've been in a lot of bands, I've done a lot of things, but I've never felt more at home. Them with these guys i just i love the music and and again I have, a, I have a real you know it's hard for me to separate business and and brotherhood you know i've never been able to do that i always once i mean especially 17 18 years with a band and with neil and john is like i couldn't separate that so for me to come back it wasn't just being back in journey it was being back with brothers and and the, the beautiful music that we made and the, the, the music i got to share with them it was it was heavy it wasn't
0: just a gig Let's talk about something that really was special to me to see last week was Greg Raleigh stepping back on stage in Austin, Texas and doing five classic, you know, four classic journeys and in the, in the, the Black Magic Woman and then doing the, you know, the last song, Hurrah, with the whole band. That to me, you know, I think that. I've said this and I've said it over and over. I've seen a couple thousand shows in my life. And uh, in 78, I saw Journey on the Infinity Tour and I saw the Journey Through Time. And those two gigs still stay deep in my heart. Journey Through Time. And to see Greg Raleigh and you up there and the fans in an arena getting to hear what it would have been like in 78, you know, 79 of just hearing that stuff,
1: you know, uh, especially. Dude, it was amazing for me, Dino. I mean, it really was. I mean, Greg is a legend and, and to work with him and kneel together on that stage. I mean, in journey through time, I was in awe. I was fanboy, dude. I'm, you know, I'm just like, we oh got Greg Rowling. What was it like to do this? And what was it like? I was just picking his brain when, when journey through time happened. Cause I was so excited. It's like, now I've worked with everybody but The Voice. I've worked with everybody in Journey except The Voice, man. And, and oh, he's just such a humble man. Is so talented and dude legendary. Legendary. And, and the cool thing is the way that Greg is with Neil is the way I am with Neil. You see what I mean? Greg was the mentor, snagged Neil, you know, from school, and took him. And that's kind of what Neil did with me. So I have a kindred thing with Neil big time, and also with Greg, because it's like now Greg's like the grandpa, you know? <laughs> grandpa's son and the little guy, you know, it was just so cool, bro. He's a, he's a legend and he's so talented. And I got to sing those songs with him again, which I loved returning to time, but dude, it was like, I kept looking over like, like, dude, remember? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you what was blowing me away was how incredible your feel was. It was like way, it was way laid back. When the sun came there. just like standing in the light. You're just like back there, just perfect 70s feel,
1: man. You know, it's pocket. That's, you know, and that's what I learned. And I, the beautiful thing was on that older stuff, Greg was, he helped me a lot when we did Journey Through Time. Cause it was like, well, you know, Ainsley had this field thing that he, and he, Greg was showing me this stuff. Like, he would pull back here. He would just pull back a little right here. I'm like, okay, and I listen. He goes, listen back to the record. Listen back I hear it. I get it. I get it. It was a very English thing. The, the drummers in England were like that. You know, Mitch Mitchell and guys like that, Ginger Baker. They had that thing where they could, you know, they manipulated the time to make it feel good soar when it needed to soar and pull when it needed to pull unbelievable stuff and greg taught me that um so when we were doing the songs in my i just kept looking over I'm like oh man when the summer's going to be there it's like i just knew where the, you know, and it just felt good dude i mean just playing those old songs it brought back my childhood obviously but it's it's there's a certain texture and color to those songs. They they're completely different from obviously John Cain's brilliant stuff, you know, both are brilliant, brilliant time periods. And, and that stuff is so it's a very 70s thing, but it's and it's just it felt I guess the words gooey. You know what I mean? That gooey thing where it's just you know, you know what I mean? You just want to, you know, you want to dance to it. It had that that thing to it with Perry's voice, yeah oh barry and greg together on unmasked apparel. nobody touches it unbelievable um, let's talk a little bit
0: about well, what you got going on right now you got journey but then you've got some music coming out let's get into that
1: yeah revolution saints bro it's um new record coming out called eagle flight uh got a couple new members um joel hoogstra from white snake fame and night ranger fame monster player trans-siberian orchestra as well and then Jeff Pilson, you know, our you know, our Bay Area guy, man, from cinema. Remember cinema?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. And he plays in Foreigner now. I had him on the show.
1: I had him on the show. Yeah. Dawkins. Yes, all that good stuff, man. Great, great player. You know, when when uh, Jack and Doug decided to to you know, part ways or to, to go their separate ways. I hate to say separate way, but um, you know, Serafina was like, Well, what about um Joel Holster? And I think Doug was the one that that um that uh, told Serafina, yeah, Joel will be the guy to do it. You know, so Serafina got a hold of Joel. Joel was in it, into it, and Jeff Pilson and another one, another great, great bassist. And I've had history with both those guys, you know, you know, Jeff obviously with cinema and with Foreigner being on the road with Journey. And Joel as well, you know, with Night Ranger. It was Night Ranger, White, to uh, see Night Ranger, White Snake, and Journey in Europe. So we all got to know each other. So you know, you got Joel playing with Night Ranger and Dougie with with White Snake and me, and it it just it was like a natural fit. They're great guys, and I think that's the that's the thing that i wanted the most it's like okay they, they can be monster players great greatest players in the world but if there's you know they don't have that that thing and jack and doug had that thing they're just good solid sweet people good people you know no egos no pretentiousness just play your freaking instrument tear it to shreds and have a great time joel and jeff are the same they cut they're cut from the same cloth so that worked out great it's like okay that's the biggest hurdle. We have we have we've jumped that hurdle, and the playing it speaks for itself. I mean, those guys are both exquisite players, man. They're great at what they do, so it worked out really, really well. And I know that um, Joel started writing stuff with Alessandro uh, Del Vecchio, the the house producer for Frontiers, and was working on stuff. And and they sent me the demos. I actually did two records in I think it was like fourteen days. Wow. I did two of them because we had two of them in the can. So I was like, okay, let's do the drum track. So I did, let's see, we got 12. I did 23 songs in three and a half days drumming. I just knew the stuff. So I knew what I was going to do. I knew what, what I was looking for. They knew. So they said, we don't even need to produce Dean on the drums. We know what he, you know, he knows what he's doing there. So I had Alessandro and Johnny Gioeli, hardline. Johnny was the one that produced my vocals on these last two records. And Alessandro did it always in the past. He was always the guy that did it. Uh, but he had other commitments. So Johnny, we were Zooming, doing Zoom from him. He was in Connecticut. I was in um, in Portland and, you know, got the screen up and we'd listen to the tracks. And I did the vocals. I did, um, let's see, uh, one of the vocal takes, I mean, one, one of the records. So we did two drum tracks, two records for drum tracks, one vocal in, in about six days. We're doing about three songs a day. You know, vocally and thank god my voice held up i was okay we got it done and then i just finished the second one the second vocal uh, the second record's vocals on the when was it? we did two shows in in with journey um in oklahoma i flew home i did it the 29th 30th first and second four days to do 12 songs vocally, and then fly out the next day and do three shows in a row with Journey. So I was like nine days singing. My voice was hammered, bro. I was talking like this. But we got through it. We got through it. So yeah, the way that it all worked out, it's just everything fit perfectly. Now we're going to do the next one, the third record with Joel and Jeff in August, hopefully. Get that done when Journey's done off the road. So I'm trying to keep busy, bro. The more busy I am, the less time I have uh not to do the don'ts you know what i mean if you got if you're too busy doing the do's you won't have time to do the don'ts and that's that's what i'm doing what what drums you playing now dw man i've been i've been with dw now for uh, since uh since 97 actually just before i got the journey the the journey gig i i signed up with dw i'd been with uh sonar for many years and i i woke up one day and everybody had left oliver the the president's son I uh, became a grap- graphic designer, so he moved on. John Dyke, the artist guy, he had left, so I was like, I didn't know anybody there anymore. So I just said, well, I called up DW, and they're like, sure, so they signed me up, and I've been with uh, DW now since 97, and um, I'm actually, um, I'm right in the middle of symbol companies. I've decided, because uh, I've been with Zildjian forever. I mean, Zildjian have been my dark horse. They're the ones, and I've loved them. They're great, but I decided this year, I was like, you know, try some different stuff but i can't try different stuff if i'm endorsed you know it's just not right to the company so um i'm i'm just trying out new things i got some Pisces up i've got some minor symbols up i've got um some diligence up and i'm just trying different stuff like back in the old day when we always oh, try this amp with this guitar and these strings and that's what it feels, and it feels really cool because I'm, I'm getting different sounds. Like, man, I love the minor on that. the The Meinl sounds so good on that, you know. And all oh, that crash right there, that that signature Pisces sounds so good. And of course, you got the twenty one rock, you know, the twenty one crash ride, crash ride that um, the Ringo symbol. I love that one. So just trying a bunch of different stuff out. But I'm still with DW. I'm still with uh, Evans Drumheads, Vader drumsticks. You know, still doing the same stuff. Check it out. Somebody wants to say hi. Oh, my gosh. Who is it? Oh, oh, my God, dude. Gertie. Hey, Bubba. Gertie. What's his name? Dude? What's his name? Gertie. Gertie. Hey, babe. Say oh, hi, dude, I wish I had my pups. That's one thing. You know, I miss my wife, dude, but I miss my doggies, too, man. I miss my boys, man. Bubba and Louie. Those are my boys. I know
0: I saw I did I did a, uh, a two month tour with Marcus King. I was opening up comedy and rock. And man, did I miss Gertie big time! My oh, Gertie, <laughs> what a <laughs> sweet. How old is she? She's six and a half. I got her during COVID. Uh, my good friends over at Roseflower Frenchies, uh, you know, gave her to me like a adoption, and uh, very nice, girl. just a lifesaver for me. You know,
1: dude, I'll tell you that my guys are the same way. I, I miss them so much. It's really hard to be away from them. I mean, and I was hoping. See, I was hoping that. If the routing was correct I was going to get on my own bus and bring the family out and have my boys with me but it didn't work out I was like now the jet we got to do this there's a lot of hubbing and and there's some long flights and stuff so we're going to need to keep you around you know and I'm like dang it but that would have been so great to have my boys out you know what I mean so I'm not going to see them dude until we hit hit uh, Eugene when when journey plays in Eugene in um when is it uh April 17th so I'm not going to see my boys till then I'm freaking out are you playing LA we're doing the closest we're getting is Palm Palm Desert, Palm Desert. Yeah, if they, dude, if you want to come down, you let me know. I got you. I know people. Oh, yeah. I'll hook you up. Oh yeah, I want <laughs> to. I want to come.
0: Man. I want to come see you for sure. And um, comedy. I do comedy quite a bit up in Portland, so hopefully we can hook up. I was just up there um, with Marcus at the Crystal Ballroom, and then I did the arena. I did the Trailblazers
1: Arena with Burr. Dude, the Moda Center. Nice place, dude. Oh, dude, the Crystal Ballroom is a badass venue. I love that place, man. Love that place. Very nice. I know Marty Freeman's playing there in like two weeks. He's got his little touring band, so he's going to be playing Crystal. It's a great venue, dude. Really nice. Yeah, let me know, dude. I'd love to come up. I'm a comedy freak. I'd love to. Who you you watch a lot of comedy? Who do you like? Well, you know, dude, I love Bill Burr. I think he's freaking awesome. Yeah. Obviously, obviously, you saw the Chris Rock thing. I'm like, <laughs> talk about! I mean, talk about hitting the home run, and he did it the right way, man. He was smart about it. He didn't he didn't play the victim thing. It was just you know what. Good on you, man. I mean, that's that's a huge thing. I mean, that, to go through something like that, that that humiliation, and come back the the better man, the the you know the bigger man about it. So, you know what? When it's time, I'll address it. That was awesome. But I love Bill Burr. That that F is for family. One of the greatest. I love that show. I got my grandkids watching that dude, and I know it's kind of you know well, yeah, but brother, it's okay. They're gonna hear the word anyway. So yeah.
0: He's brilliant. Bill's brilliant. I love you, man, and I can't thank you enough for making that uh, a long time ago. Helping make that that gig happen for me.
1: Well, dude, I'll tell you, Dean, you were great. The band was great. I mean, if you guys sucked, it would have been a little harder to do, obviously. But you guys brought it, man, and that was cool. I mean, it was like you, it was a no-brainer. It's like you guys, fast, man. Come on, let's get somebody's got some balls up there. Don't let's not get a happy band. Let's get somebody's got some nuts to warm up the crowd. We need yeah. somebody to get in there. And, Punch
0: him in the face a little. Hey, do me a favor. Tell Neil I said, hi, where well, yeah, are I've been wanting to get him on the show solo Uh, because we did the episode. If anybody's listening, I did an episode with Journey Through Time with Greg, Neil, and Dean uh, a few years back. So you can find that. I also had Greg Raleigh on last week. And Greg also did the show on the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. So if you want to hear a lot of great old Journey stories and Santana uh, these are some great episodes and uh, tell Neil, I said, hi,
1: do you want me to get, yeah, I'll get him. I'll get you in touch with Mikel. They'll get it hooked up dude, right now. I'll just text him when we're done here. He'd love to talk to you, bro. You're a Bay area guy. He'll love it.
0: I love to talk to him, man. It'd be great. You got it, my brother. Hey, great. Uh, great talking to you. Please stay in touch and I'll come see you in Palm desert. And uh, I can, I, congrats for being back in the drum seat back there with journey. Fantastic singing and uh oh my god your your playing is just epic man epic
1: thank you so much bro i appreciate you you've always been there for me even during my worst stuff dude you, you stuck by me i owe you that big time i love you dean del rey you're the badass you are the real deal
0: candles lit my man
1: oh brother i love you much man <laughs> i'll see you later dude. see you brother. take care man